1: Welcome to the Thinker Girls pod channel. I am Stacey June and I'm by myself today. I am introducing uh, a summer series special. We have recapped through our favorite episodes of this year. It is really important to sit back, enjoy a lemonade. Maybe your cousin made it for you. I highly doubt that happens in Australia, but shout out to the American listeners. (laughs) Or maybe it's a cocktail or a beer. And if, just in case you're wondering, gluten-free beer exists. Also, Corona and Kieran have way less wheat in them if you are a gluten-free person that is enjoying a cold summer beverage. But with further ado... Is that what you saying? Without about? further ado, I'm you're still here. Shut up. <laughs> I've always got your back even when I'm not supposed to. Without. Shh, this is my intro. Without further ado, please, without... without? With, are we with, out? Without further ado, you're going to get really over this intro because we are going to put it on repeat across the summer. Uh, we'd like to welcome you to this summer session a recap of the interviews we've done this year. <laughs> Welcome to the Thinker Girls pod channel. I am Stacey June. And I'm Christy Mercer.
2: That's right. You are on a podcast channel. You get different shows, different days right across the week. And one of them is a chat with somebody fascinating that may or may not be famous. That, yeah, well, funnily enough,
1: a lot of them are. Some of them are writers, well-known for something that has been essentially thought-provoking, has tickled our fancy to some degree, Merce, and this guest is certainly someone that's tickled tickled my fancy for some time. But if you haven't listened to our show before, and some of you may not if you're listening from potentially the UK where this person is from, um, we are two chicks that talk thoughts we're thinking but not saying on this show. Uh, we do drop different shows across the week we do an interview show we do a, a posse podcast show where we talk to our followers about things they want us to talk about 411 which is about pop culture and then of course the catch up which is us just two mates chatting talking shit basically.
2: okay so when you say tickle you fan I feel like this person has done more than tickle your fancy you know
1: when you follow someone that essentially is in a part of pop culture a part of where you grow and, and 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 shapes you there's different shows different music different things that you remember that shape parts of who you are but at the time you're not really aware that they're shaping you you're just loving something sick and immersing yourself in it to the nth degree that was me as a teenager with Trini and Susanna
2: and I think there is such nostalgia that would and we are speaking to Trinity Yes, that would, that would be surrounding that for you, right? Mm. Like, you know, you can almost take yourself and teleport yourself back to that place in your life where you're looking around for some kind of, I don't know, hope, confirmation, inspiration and then when you see it, I, I remember you going on, like, years ago about how inspired you were by Trini and Susanna and we talked to her about this and it was a video in particular that we did back in the day that you're like, I've just had a moment. Mm. Oh, my God, this bra-fitting video where we I'd never been properly we'll fitted for our, a bra. we we'll put it
1: in our show notes we look young. Mate, I've we, still we, got braces. A little, yeah. I've got adult braces. It's <laughs> it so awkward. a long time ago. I
2: watched it actually, like, only a couple of days ago going back through some of our old stuff and – we look so tired. Yeah. Because we were working on Brecky Radio. Brecky Radio but we had to get up so early in the morning because you were going to your radio shift and you started at nine. I was doing I, a
1: music shift on yeah, a Saturday that mate. I hated. So
2: anyway, this is a really special one. Trini has done so much over the course of her career. Mm. Um, She is a really interesting person. You can almost hear it in her, the way she speaks. Her brain works quicker than her mouth allows her to speak, (laughs) which is very similar to Ray Morris, a very Mm. good friend of hers, who we had on the podcast. We'll put a link in show notes. Who hooked us up. A couple of weeks ago. Who's the one that said, oh, my God, you need to speak. She's a really good friend of, of mine. And true to her word, shot an email off within a few hours, Trini... And her PA
1: came back and we're like, let's do this. Oh, wow. And and it's so amazing. And it is interesting when some people infiltrate your psyche and they feel so relatable, so homely, so lovely that you know them. And I really hope that there is some form of essence that we sit in this similar place for our listeners most because often people say, I feel like I know you and I get that and a lot of people would feel that with celebrities or people that are in you know, the public eye. But I, I think because we are real sharers and there's a real – and we were doing the authentic thing before it became a cool thing, um, I definitely got that from Trini Susanna. So in the moment, I don't think you really realise how much – their work and who they are pack a punch but underlyingly it it tells you to celebrate difference the shows that they did and the content they did were all about women choosing to celebrate their shape and mm. their own bodies and and it was remarkable at the transformations people would have and And it was all done with a bit of a giggle, a bit of a bum slap at times. I don't know if that would be okay anymore. But there was this real family kind of girlfriend vibe that I don't think you really understand how much you're left with this empowerment because it wasn't shoved in your face. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, but
2: it was done... So long ago. You know what yeah, I mean? Like and
1: before the game. Yeah. yeah. Before this all became cool.
2: Trini is so fascinating and freaking
1: hilarious on
2: socials. You can follow um, her on Insta, on Facebook, um Trini Woodle, D W O D A Double L. to try and L. -L. (laughs) Woo, we got there. there Um, Or uh, Trini, at Trini London. You can follow her as well. She talks us us through her brand. And whoa, talk about overthinker and perfectionist in the best way possible. And passionate. I think
1: she's still, you know, it's so interesting. You separate and you start to do some work on your own and you can still see the essence of what we saw as her in a duo as now herself, and that is that she is still caring about everybody finding their kind of unique take, and she's doing that with her makeup brand. So it's such a fascinating chat. How
3: long have you two girls been a partnership?
1: Five years. Okay, just five years. So
3: I was like with Susanna for twenty years. So when you're with somebody and you work with them, um you kind of finish each other's sentences. You become like Siamese twins. You kind of you know, one becomes a yin and one becomes a yang, even if when you met, you had your totally separate 100% whole personality, you sort of let 50% of you shine forth because the other person lets 50% of them and you don't want an overlap Mm. in things you're good at. So the other bit gets Mm. slightly kind of suppressed. So when I was with Susanna, I always thought she was cozy, and and a kind of funny one. And I was the kind of straight talking, angular, better about fashion one. That's the kind of our thing, she was better about writing. So we had defined roles, and then when people edited our shows, they kind of picked up on that, and we had defined roles. So I think mm-hmm. starting over by myself, um, because I think we got to a stage, well, I knew we got to a stage where she wanted to write a book, I wanted to start my own business. Susanna has always said, I'm the accelerator, she's the brake, but basically Susanna would love to sit at home, in, at her house doing not that much. I'd love to always be working 24 hours a day. So there's a bit of a disparity there. And so she thought I could write my book and do it at my own pace. And she went off to do that. And then I went to start the business. And I think doing the, um, when I sort of discovered social properly and I was just, I'd gone to see Facebook and they said, go back in your bathroom and just start filming and see who's out there. Like E.T. So I kind of put on my bathroom cabinet. <laughs> and, um, and I That's sort sense. of just started chatting. And these women came up, and like, oh my God, Trini!" And I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And we just sort of chat, chat, chatting. chatty. And, um, and I then, it allowed me to just rediscover the 100% part of me. Because I had, mm. you know, spent so long expressing it. Because the thing is, I am funny. I'm funny because some people just think, is she really like that kind of funny? As opposed to, I tell a good joke funny. But I'm, I'm kind of more relaxed. And when you're more relaxed you you just, it flows out of you better. So I will have this mm. continuous stream of consciousness, which, you know, I could talk, the back of a cab, the back of anything, the back of a motorbike, and I just don't pause for breath, as I'm doing right now on your, on your own podcast. Because I just, I just you, get used to it, and I haven't got Suzanne to say, shut up, can I speak for a second? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it's interesting though, because I think sometimes when we've gone in and out of different jobs, I also have realized to some degree there was some part of what we were doing on it as authentic and as real as it was and that was essentially what our brand became very naturally because we were just Uh very passionate on it being who we are and not who we, Mm -hmm. I guess, that bravado. There's still a level of some form of bravado when you're in a partnership because, like you said, you're – playing a role to mm, a degree, mm. what What do you think was the bits that you either missed or loved about the, the – what I'm trying to say is what are the bits that you missed that you love now, like, you know, w- when you kind of have that bravado or that sharing game, that sharing energy game? I think I love
3: when, when I make somebody – I'll tell you what I probably missed is – no, I didn't miss, but what I love now because when I – I didn't miss it there because I didn't know. But what I love now is that I'll have women who, you know, just say, you changed the way I did something. Mm. And then I'll have women like, so I'm doing this this pop-up. So I, I never really have interaction with people that often. So. When I have done this pop up, I've had lots of women. I do this thing called Trinity Time itself, just so people come up and they can ask me any questions.
1: Yeah, what is that? And, because I've seen it on your Instagram and I get the people. So you've started a business just to let everybody know. Um, and it's yeah, Trinity so we just kind of
3: did – Yeah, but what's it's Trinity Trinity
1: Time? What's Trinity Time?
3: So, okay, well, there's different Trinity Times. It's very complicated. <laughs> Trinity, Tribes, Trinity Times, Trinity oh, Times, a whole load of shit. But basically, um, Going from being purely online to in store, we wanted some fun thing that would allow women to just come up who follow me, but maybe don't buy product. Mm. So we did this thing, Trini, times. you can come up and ask me anything. So they do. And it gives a focus to the day. But I, I was on the shop floor like 16 hours a day. So I was kind of there. I'm still wow. there. Wow.
2: And, and, and how, it was over of, how it was long? Great. Over how long, Trini?
3: I mean, I've done it for five, six days, and I'll go back today, but later. Um, but what it does is I meet these women and they go, they come up. And I go, you know, I'm doing their makeup and they go, you know, I say, your skin's really good. And they go, that's only because of you, because I, I actually listen to everything you say. And then other women come up and they're dressed like me. They're dressed like, like me, head to toe. Mm. And and I kind of think, this is fucking great. I love it. I Because I've always been, since I was about, when I was about six and a half, I was sent off to boarding school because I was quite naughty. <laughs> and what I did throughout school, even though I went off to go and try and be a commodities trader, God knows why, but I was the youngest of
1: I didn't six even know kids and my dad
3: was a banker. Sounds smart. Um, it just, uh, whatever, it's just a finance thing. but It's a horrible, shitty job. But even when I was six and a half, I was making over girls at school because my parents lived in Germany and they thrust me into this boarding school. And I kind of made over girls and I used to buy clothes from Benetton and there wasn't a Benetton in England. And I had nice, you know, skincare and because and, I had really bad spots. So I just loved sharing info that I felt could help somebody else. It's always been my passion, whatever I was doing. So even when I was like in my early twenties, trying to trade commodities, think of trading places, it's like a really old film, Mm, mm. um, but that's sort of what it was. Um, I just thought, you know, I love the time when at the weekend, girls come over to my bathroom or hang out in my wardrobe and I restyle them or I give them a new skincare routine. It's kind of been my passion since I've been in my early twenties and I had very, very bad acne till I was 30. So I had everything in my bathroom you could imagine um, and some really shitty stuff too. So I kind of got that feeling from all that time ago. And so when I was with Susanna, half of that stuff, like skincare and makeup y stuff, I wasn't doing so much. So when I've started now on my own, I love the fact that I can do anything mm. that's within. The premise of what people trust me to be able to tell them about I,
2: I feel like what comes along with that is and just the way that you know the what we get from you and even speaking to you now i think there's a jet like just a general good base of self-confidence right because as you said from a young girl if you're going hey I've done this thing. You should try it. Like there comes with that a kind of backing of your own opinion to tell somebody else to try it too.
3: I mean, there's an ocean of insecurity before that, okay? There's an ocean. There was like my 20s were spotty, not knowing what I wanted to do, unlucky in love, that kind of real classic 20s. Mm. So the 20s weren't great. It wasn't probably till my mid-30s that I met my first husband, that I Went into a career path where I thought this is actually something I want to wake up and do, not a job I need to do to earn money. And so when I made that decision of just thinking, what the fuck, I'm, I'm going to stop all this kind of what I think I should be doing as a career, which i was being very unsuccessful at and trying a job a year. And I thought I'm going to start. And how old were you? How old were you at that point? I was like 30. I was 31 when I got my first break, which was writing a column in the Telegraph. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was 1996 and that gave me you know it was an idea for a column of showing everything that was around there and then and this is before we had the internet or anything and you kind of got stuff in magazines that was six months old so it was like I wanted to show a woman that Saturday what she could go out and buy and I wanted to tell her what to avoid I wanted to tell her about a bit of skincare accessories so that's where the germ of the idea started and then from that moment I had kind of I was always doing what I wanted and there's probably were ten year cycles. So there was like really good ten years, you know, sold three million books, did twenty T- twenty T V series, um, you know, lots of different things and then suddenly nobody in England wanted us anymore. And I was like, woke up one morning, Susanna was off to have her second baby and I was thinking, What on earth? And then something else came out, out of something random, um, to do a TV show around the world. So then we did that. We went to like 16 countries including australia i
1: remember this you know and we did we did
3: that and i thought that's great and then that came to an end but it came to an end at the stage where i was thinking it's now been a long time it's been 20 years and i really want to build a brand and i really want to get this silly little idea i have sitting on my kitchen table and i want to make it successful and then what
1: was the idea well i had what was sitting on your kitchen table i
3: had always an obsessive-compulsive disorder I have many but one of them was kind of getting all my products <laughs> and my skincare and my makeup and putting them in little pots because I was traveling like I would go on a Monday to a Thursday um abroad so every single week I took like
1: oh, you don't want to take flights. the whole fucking palette. it's so like, annoying yeah, yeah, so I yeah, yeah. everything it too heavy
3: and a, yeah yeah everything and then also I kind of you know, I had my own way of making a color. So my perfect tint for my lip, for my pigment, for my lip was a mixture of Benetton, mixed with some Bobbi Brown, mixed with something from Tarte, mixed with something else. And there were like four things together to get this color and texture I wanted. Because nobody kind of had exactly what I wanted. So I made this stack from little Muji pots, which I think you get in Australia. and. I then yeah. dymo labeled them, which is that little machine, looks like a mini typewriter, and you put in you type up the label's name. Oh yeah, obsessed. so anal love. It's like yeah.
1: bumpy bumpy on the outside. Oh, is that the one? Yeah, like where it's, it's like fun, that it's fantastic. Label
3: Becomes a sticker. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's it's the most exciting thing ever. So I, I, I sort of did this and I'd be in a in a bathroom around the world and a woman would see me put all my makeup on from the stack and they'd say, What's that? And I'd go, That's my makeup bag and they go where do I get one and I would like think why the fuck aren't you starting this training so after like the umpteenth time I got home and um, I met a woman I hadn't known really well who ran she was the global head of beauty at Mintel which is a big research company and unbeknownst to me she'd gone off and she'd researched everything she knew I wanted to do with this business which is like do personalization, great queen based products she came back she said training of the trends of the next five years there's five big trends and four of those trends are in your the thing you want to do down well wow. oh my god which
2: which were what were, what, what are the were, four tra- what were they the four were, trends they
3: were cream based more natural beauty uh, yes. personalization yes. paying for yes. quality paying for quality in a recession and yes. one other random one which i don't remember because it wasn't a part of the brand think the best ideas do come from that sense of it's something I know I'm going to use myself because as I'm the main advocate of the brand and as my name is above the door and as I live and breathe Trinity London I could never develop something which I wouldn't use every single day over something else mm. so like my biggest fear when we were launching before we launched was any category that I had something out in if somebody brought something out In that category, I'd have to go and try it straight away with this fear in my heart that it would be better than mine, you know. And so far, I haven't, like, any foundation I try, I think, God, mine is better. Thank God. You know, like, I just, I know what I wanted from the foundation. I knew I wanted it to be something that melted in your skin, that didn't look like it was on your skin, and that we chose our colors so well that you could buy online through Match to Me. And you get a better match for your skin than going into the local mecca. Do you ship? That's you what you ship I Do ship
1: internationally, or is it still? Is it just in the UK?
3: Darling, ten percent of my purchasers live in Australia. Get Ten so percent. I didn't even um, know no, we they do. Ten percent. 10% are I, – I ship to 68 Woo, countries. Yes, Queen, and, Yes. Yeah. How the
2: hell are you doing match? How yeah, are you doing and, and, match? Because, like, I can't even get Trinity a freaking
1: – com guys. But I
2: can't even get a match properly in person when the lady's putting it on your neck in the back of your hand. So how are you well, doing the that thing online? Well,
3: what's – well, you go – you haven't even been on the site, have you?
2: She hasn't had a go at Match to Me. No, no, I have had a look at the site. I haven't done the Match to Me thing.
3: Okay, so when you do Match to Me – the thing is, whenever you do personalization online, so if anyone has a personalization idea out there, this is just the thing, important thing to remember. You have to bring a human face into it. It's not just good to have a clever little question. So we have kind of, we start with the simplest things most women will know. What's your eye color? What's your hair color? Then we say, what's so your I'm skin shade? It. So I'm doing it. And so I'm doing And go white.
1: Green. Green eye color, blonde hair. So I'm mm-hmm. doing it as you say this. Okay.
3: Yeah. All right, and then you get on to skin, okay? And it says there's six different categories you can go into, and we do white skin to really dark brown skin. We do porcelain to dark brown. So you're going to kind of think, where do I sit in that? Where do right. you sit? So what's at the moment, it and says
1: lightest, yeah, what, light, yeah, yeah. light, medium, 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 dark, dark. I'd say dark l- is black. Light, light, white is light. Light, light medium, for me, light to medium. Yeah, yeah. that's me yeah. tan. Do you choose? Do you choose your natural skin colour or the colour that you are most of you the time? You choose yourself before the fake tan went you on you, you. Okay, so See, I, I always be choose mine with a tan. I do too because I always
2: have tan
3: on.
1: So yeah,
3: I know you do, but trust me for a second. Okay, trust okay, so, me, so I'll go yeah, light because yeah. I think
1: light is my actual colour. Okay,
2: so why do you do that if you're wearing tan ninety nine percent of the time though, Trini?
3: Because I'm going to talk to you about tan.
1: So I'm. A, it says porcelain olive peaches and cream or pale olive god these are very specific how do you even what color is your hair color i'm the
3: blonde one what color is your your peaches and cream i am so what but i'll tell you the thing so so basically your skin tone is peaches and cream but i'm going to put you in light to medium Mm. because there's one there called light tan Mm. And it's for girls who wear fake tan and they have pinched peaches and cream skin. Oh my
1: God, how, spe- oh. how do you even create a site that okay. makes it that specific? That's insane.
3: Yeah, because we did a thousand women to get all our information. Wow. We made over a thousand women. So wow. then, you, my darling, I'm now going on to. So that's what you are. You're light tan. So you so would wear a foundation called again. Amelia.
1: Amelia. Yeah,
3: and then and then when you go through the site, you'll now see people who slightly look like you. So it gives your match to me return, and it will show you all the shades you suit from our range and only show you the shades you suit. If you want to look at all our shades, you look at the site normally. And at the bottom, it shows you the Trini tribe. So there's 60 women that I photographed, and one of them or two of them, there's gonna be Grace there, whoever else is there, will be looking like you, and you can click on it and you can see the looks they have. Or you can just search through the refined palette.
2: How long, Trini, did it take to put this website together?
3: I mean, like... Uh, Two years. Because what you have to do is you have to test and test and test. And also, we have to make sure that every... You know, we don't have every permutation there because there must... I think there are 1,750 different combinations of skin hair and eye in women. If you take into account unicorn hair and grey hair and everything. We haven't got it all in there. So somebody with purple hair, green eyes and black skin put their, that in, they'd probably get a woman with black skin and blonde hair oh God, because oh it means she's got very dark skin and a paler hair. Um, so would have to go further away to the closest because there's one or two really random unicorns. Um, but if you are anyone who fits in a general spectrum across the world, um, you'll probably be find something close in there. Did and this, then what happens is people it- order stuff and they get the right colour. And you know what else I want, this is an answer to your question you asked three three hours ago, okay, but the thing about confidence, um, because I did want to say this, is that I used to care a lot and that's how we start the conversation off in my thirties because yes. I, I, that's I right. felt 31. really ugly. Yes, spots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you, weren't, spot, you weren't you weren't ticking really the boxes ugly. that
2: you're supposed to tick it when you're thirty-one, apparently. I was ticking the boxes.
3: Yeah. I had really unfortunate relationships, but let's not go there. <laughs> um, you know, everything was like, ugh. And then, and I'd also come out of you know just taking too much of everything and having to kind of go away for a bit and come back out and reinvent myself. So I was quite raw going into my thirties. But it allowed me to strip back all those bits that I thought were excess baggage and start over. So I did get a lucky break doing a column in a newspaper. Mm. But also, I started to build my career and my life on a foundation as opposed to what I can perceive mm. to be before on quicksand. Mm. You know, I had that feeling in my 20s, somebody would tap me on the shoulder and say, I found you out, Trini. And that was just all insecure, mm. not liking myself Looking enough, over your back filling all the hole with other stuff things. Yeah.
2: So it was built from exactly. a real place yeah. of genuine, raw yeah.
3: authenticity. Yeah, and then and then also that a lots of regret. And then in my 30s, I came into myself, but we were working really hard. So by the time I got into my mid-40s, I hadn't given myself time to look back and think, hey, it's quite good you sold three million books yeah. or you mm. did 24 TV shows. But I just didn't because we were running, running, running. So then I got into my mid-40s, stroke, late 40s, and you know, suddenly I was thinking, what am I gonna do? And I had that process by, I thought, I don't want to travel the world doing these TV shows anymore. I'm exhausted. And then I, you know, made a decision to separate from my husband and kind of started again in some instances. And then, you know, circumstances happen in your life which make you become a certain way. And I had, you know, my daughter lost her dad a few years ago because he he killed himself. And so certain things may, and also I think that having to start over myself doing nine IVF to get Lila, made me get to a, and also having about seven friends of mine die when I was 25 and I got sober, but they died from addiction. It sort of made me, each of those things made me more and more think don't look back and regret mm. because it will eat away at you you cannot afford you know i do with my staff do sometimes I say i wish you'd done this and then i bite myself yeah. and i think you know what all it's doing is making them think well there's nothing i can do about it i feel shit about myself and that's what it does to me because i know that if i go oh, i wish i'd done that i'm living in the past i'm living in What I felt I should have done a different way, and then I'm making myself feel shame. Yeah, that shame is so toxic, isn't it? That we we constantly, especially as women, all the time. It's it's crazy, we're so So aware of it all the time. The nail in the coffin, for want of a better word, was probably when Johnny killed himself, because I thought I was powerless over that. You know, if I had done this or picked up the call or told me this, you know. Would it have changed anything? No, because once somebody is on a mission to kill themselves, they will come That's themselves. true. Yeah, or they will do that's everything true. There's side. a decision. If somebody has a cry there's for a help, it's a different yeah. thing. Yeah, suicide and you know, is a, a, decision a decision made. And I, it, yeah. it's a decision made, and and accidental suicide is a cry for help that didn't get. An Trini. Answer. You know, so when when yeah. you said
2: before about working with Susanna and you were constantly, you know, for a, a period of what whatever it was, but you know, more than a decade of working, 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 not yeah. really taking time to stop, smell the roses, appreciate, look at what you had been able to achieve and create together and individually. Where did that Where did that come from? I mean, naturally, you as you said before when we started recording, you're a worker. That's what you do. You're constantly, you know, thinking, sprouting new ideas, etc. But was like was there a motivation from we better make the most of this while it's here? Was there a fear that would all slip away if you stopped
3: working or are you just naturally somebody that's – I think at the beginning we just had an opportunity which we picked up so we were offered the column and we did that and then we were spending forever doing that because, you know, we both felt we had to do everything equally. So we'd both write, we'd both do the shoot, we'd both choose the clothes. Susanna was great at writing I wasn't so great. And Susanna was appalling at styling, and I was a bit better. And then over the years, we then got better at both each, so we became more efficient, so we could do more. So you know, the column took us a whole week, and then the column took us three days, and then somebody from TV was starting a new show, and they did a pilot with us, and then it didn't work, and then a year later it worked. So kind of things just grew and evolved, probably at the right time. And we never, I mean, there were moments when I thought we're doing too much, when I was kind of really thinking I'm not having a day off for ages. But when we got weirdly to those places, it was taken away from us. So we started after our columns to do an internet business and I employed like sixty women. We raised seven million pounds in three months. It was what like the beginning fuck? of dot com. where did you what pull that, all that from? Like what the language. hell? That's not you
1: on your bio. We yeah. missed that part.
3: <laughs> I know. Jesus. But but then in two years it went and it was because we did too much too fast. It was mm. too early. The idea was kind of great. And it was too early. And then there, weren't mm. enough, there wasn't much traction online. And so it was taken from us. And then I thought, what am I going to do? And then six months later, the BBC rang and said, that pilot we did six months ago would like to do it. So it's like things evolve. You know, Our first book sold 13,000 copies. So when we were doing the BBC show, they said, do you want to do a book again? And we were like, mm, I don't know. And um they said, Okay, well we won't give you a high royalty, we'll give you like five thousand pounds, but we'll give you twenty percent of anything that sells over twelve thousand copies." because they thought they won't sell over twelve thousand copies. And we sold a million copies. So, you know, we had some. <laughs> they really, be kicking themselves. Really, in there. That was my best deal, I tell you. Amazing. That um and so um so there was, you know, times that things came and we were ready to embrace them and we were ready to do them there were times when we did too much and then it was removed and we had to start over so it wasn't all it was kind of two sets forward one step back two steps forward. oh it's back. so point yeah we're, we're, so we're looking, looking at, at each, each other goggling other. our eyes like, out because we're like well we
1: got we got fired and from speaking. our radio show last year and and we've just had a year of come to jesus a bit and it's been interesting to watch oh, that because yeah. you do, I think when you first get a big blow, you go, it's all over, you know? And it, it, then you yeah. pick the pieces back yeah. and you start to re-sculpt to actually why yeah. you started doing it and and it's a lot. It's a long game. It's yeah. definitely a long game. Mm. And there'll
3: be a reason. There's always a reason why. Because mm. some. I mean, it's such a corny thing to say, and everyone would say to you, as "Your good friends, will, or something, you know, something better's around the corner." Yeah, you na- No, said, but, it sense, is, yeah. but it makes <laughs> sense. But it
2: makes sense. It makes sense. Judy's right, and so yeah. are you, Trini. I, hope,
3: I You know, I really want. Can I just tell you how much I really want to come to Australia? Because every single morning. I do an Instagram live, okay, and I just ch- shabber on about stuff. And it's I obviously when You're all in Australians are awake. And, er- oh, and every morning they say, why do you come to Australia? And I think, because I was going to come October half term, and then my brother is coming at Christmas with all his kids. So I thought, okay, I don't need to go then. And then I still get every morning. So I was thinking, should I go March? March, March? yes, so I just want March. to go. I want to set up shop. I want, to, I want Mecca to call me and say, Trini, come on in and do a week in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah, yeah that was and, quite good, uh, we'll only take 10%. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Trinity um, time. And that's what I want to happen. So if anyone from Mecca is listening, please call me. Well, don't you, you – um, and what and about your mate, Ray?
2: Just... Surely she's got some bloody hookups. Well, Ray Morris was the one that hooked, hooked you up with yeah. us. We're freaking obsessed with her.
1: So when you came here, I mean, you, you must still have an idea of style now. How do you define – an Australian woman style. Like what, what do you do you think it's different from state to state? It so depends
3: where she lives. Oh. It so depends. Okay. Melbourneites, black. Yeah. They all wear black. Yeah. You know, because it rains the most. They're all in black and they're kind of like it's sort of, you know, there's a tremendous amount of it. Paddington, you know, it's like Notting Hill, hippie dippy chic um and cool girls and lovely little boutique shops and and they're wearing in the street what's in the little boutiques um you know sydney downtown um a mixture you know but just that color there is color Mm. there um so i just think that there's a sophistication because now you also when i went there there was willow and there was zimmerman just starting and there was that other one who's the kind of one who went to this, not Cynthia Rowley, but is it Cynthia Rowley? Which is the other one who did this kind of, like Dosa dresses, they were silky, like night, night dresses, and she did- Oh, eat. Camilla. Um, oh, no, no, no. are you talking
1: about Camilla? Maybe, no.
3: the caftani
2: No, 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 like, like- Oh my God, there's so many amazing designers. Yeah, there's
3: so there. many amazing designers, and I think that- You forget that that hasn't been forever? Yeah, that hasn't yeah. been forever, that's the thing. And there's also, like if you look at skincare, there's incredible skincare brands in Australia. Um, And there's a real knowledge and sophistication about ingredients, which I love. So I I would be so excited now because when I was there, Susanna would like be in her hotel room eating the delicious food. And I would be, you know, paving down Paddington, looking for the new boutique, the new designer, the new interesting person, you know, person, because I kind of loved the take on fashion and things in Australia. So I think it's kind of much, much cooler than or there's a higher percentage of women who are making an effort than when I was there 10 years ago. Because there was still a lot of crocs. Like whenever I saw a croc, Mm. I literally had a pair of scissors in my handbag, okay? I had a pair of scissors in my handbag, and any woman, I met who was, like, willing to do the show. I just said, excuse me, I've got another pair of shoes in my bag here. Can I just take those off your feet? And I cut them up in front of me.
2: Trini, they're starting them young now. There's baby Crocs. Like, there's a whole range. Dirt. There's Croc gum Dirt. boots, Dirt. like it's cro- Croc like, thongs. Like. It's, it's, it's so awful. scary. Yeah.
1: I want to say, uh, before we let you go, I want to ask, I guess, from somebody that has been on the ground, we create women, we create content for women as women, but sure. it isn't this – idea of oh we're this feminist podcast we just are women and like to tell our stories. yeah that's who we are I think as somebody that has lived it breathed it and worked alongside and in front of in some very intimate situations with all kinds of women what do you think the common thread is and I know this is ridiculous because we're complex but when people are dressing themselves or with beauty what's the common thread of people's doubts within themselves
3: I think we feel something about ourselves that we pick up in our 20s, and we live with the memory of it for so long that we still believe it's there. So if we're thinking, we look in the mirror and we see, you know, that we had a dark circle in our 20s, we sort of see it in our 50s, or we felt we had spots in our teens, we still think they're there in our 30s. You know, there's things that... Um, mm, you know that we just kind of carry it. on, and as much as somebody might say you don't have that anymore, we don't necessarily believe it. You know, um, well, it's
2: not well, it's not about what other people can see. Yeah, you know, and I think
3: I that suppose, with, it, with with sort yeah. of women helping women, um, you know, there's all this sort of Me Too campaign, which goes over my head in terms of just I. To me, it's a more uh, a core thing about just making women feel that other women can help them feel confident. That's my most important thing to give another woman. Mm. And because if she has that, well, I think that then she that. doesn't ever put herself we in that difficult through situations. Everything. So it's like, how can we mm. give each other as women confidence? And, and also, you know, we have this little slogan inside Trinity London's box that says, be your best. But it does say, be your best. It says, be your best dot, 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 which means to me, what do you define as your best and try and do that for your benchmark and if you don't know ask I a think friend. that's so
1: interesting and important because I think so many times even earlier when you were talking about that product on your kitchen table and everyone goes to that idea they have in their head they're comparing it to your kitchen table product yeah and the interesting thing is we have kind of put this umbrella over all of what is best instead of trying to celebrate that different idea or that individual Mm. difference that we find in ourselves and I think that is it's so true that when we kind of harness that or have a a better foundation of supporting each other's differences that there is a much more stable place to start from right yeah
3: exactly right exactly Mm. right
1: oh Stunning.
2: What a delight it has been. Aww. I mean have we
1: can't come. we need to have oh. a champagne.
2: Oh, we like, just I know. we yeah, would actually it's just die. Orange
1: is like it just needs to happen. Yes. We can't, yeah. I
2: mean yes. we, oh, are Trini or oh, we are going to put the links to all um, the of the things we spoke about today. Right. The match to me, Trini London. Um, and we can also follow you Trini um, Woodall on Instagram. Okay. Oh, hey, are you sad the party's over? You don't need to be because we're still partying over on Instagram. The Thinker Girls is where you can find us. Catch a bro-bye.
1: This podcast is presented by Stacey June and Christy Mercer. It's also produced by me, Stacey June, and produced and edited by Jordan Lott. Ever catch
0: yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...